Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a new episode of The X Button, Season 3, Episode 12. I'm your host, Alejandro. With me is the man that finally up upgraded his hair. Paul, hey, everybody. How's it going? You finally, like, after nearly 100 episodes, Paul, you're bringing back the original look from, like, Episode see, 1 from back in 2021. <laughs> see, I like to view it as the comic book process, where you have to bring back the OG look every once in a while to let everyone go, oh, there's the thing. So, yeah, that, that's entirely motivating my haircut. Uh, 100% nothing professional or yeah. work related at all. Yeah, definitely not something that had had you moved to the East Coast. So, but nothing. I tell nah. you, it's like you look transformed. Like you legit look transformed. To like, if anyone goes back and look the episode where you were like recording from your bed to now, like the upgrade is like <laughs> significant. <laughs> I so. I kind of want to go back after we're done here and actually look back because I haven't even looked at our uh, episodes. The last few weeks obviously mm. because i'm here and uh not fully available um so i can only imagine how tired and exhausted and disheveled i look the entire time oh yeah <laughs> but hey it's like any and at any point we can always like clean our act together and especially because you got some big like some big shoes to fill like with what you've been given without giving any any details but uh yeah but yeah, I was like excited to have you here. Like, I'm really loving this new recording times. I feel like it's like it's perfectly lining up. Obviously, we recorded a little later last week to kind of test something, but it feels like the Thursdays at this time should be the time now for us to be able to like post our episodes when they should when they should be going up because this is the X Bottom Podcast or Gaming Podcast that posts every Fridays from 2 p.m. onwards, God willing. Available on the YouTube channel Escape Gaming as well as most audio services around the world. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the like. You can find links in the RSS feed at anchor.fm slash escape gaming. If you enjoy our show, give us a like and subscribe. So, Paul, this is Survival Horror Week for us. Because uh, yes, it is. Resident Evil 4 Remake came out last Friday. I had just started playing it. You played the demo before that. Now you were able to play a little bit more. But before we dive into that, I just have to say that I finished Dead Space Remake. I had mentioned uh, a week or two ago that uh, yeah another game from this year that i'm i'm like you're only i'm only missing hogwarts and then we be, basically beat all the games like both of us that have come out this year True. So. um any of the ones that we consider to be decent because yeah. there are plenty that we've given up on yeah like atomic, um, atomic heart I'm lo i've long since uh yeah, dropped uh hogwarts i like course, a lot that i just can't wait to like just make it my own focus because we're about to enter yeah. a little bit of a dry spell but this Space remake is like a really excellent game that to me suffers the same thing as the original that it becomes so annoying in its final final push Pull it, pulling that like the entire section of when you find the marker and have to push that marker around is when i feel that game starts losing steam for for me a little thankfully i had saved all the side missions like before the point of no return so i was like i'm gonna go back and do all of that before i have to like keep pushing the stupid marker before that and that's the one area that I really like how they have basically taken the collectible, uh, the collectible farming of the original, and now made it made it this interesting Metroidvania style side quest system that can take you back and forth through the entire ship, and it's all like one, one shot, and it's giving you like interesting lore for like Nicole, uh, the hunter, the biggest stupid annoying monster that, that is like indestructible that eventually you kill by burning him in the ship. That I was like, oh yeah, finally I got you sucker, and. Uh, 
and, and things about like the Church of Unitology that I don't remember that being mentioned a lot in the original one, but was a big plot point on the sequel. So they they've been like more obvious that yeah, there was another game that happened here, and let's see the let's plant the seeds for them to sprout for an eventual Dead Space 2 remake. Even though if it never gets remade, some of the kernels that are mentioned here. Uh, are more direct connections for anyone that wants to play Dead Space 2 over on backwards compatibility. It's there if anyone doesn't want to wait for a complete rework. But the like, I feel like this is still one of the more impressive visual remakes that have come out this generation. Just like the quality of just the quality in production of that is kind of like what I've been, I was saying with the thing that impresses me the most about Hogwarts Legacy outside its more middling game is like the quality of his production. I feel Dead Space remake is something that's even more intense. Like example of the idea of like a game that's just current gen only just in this consoles and it looks so damn good even if the color palette eventually like loses its luster because it's just the same one environment with just a few uh, color variations here and there but in the little that it does is like it does it so well like visually that it's like it's still something that to me blows me blows my mind that that came from ea motive these were not even the guys that made Dead Space, re the, the original Dead Space that those developers are long gone so the fact that these guys were able to like capture what other developers did and now makes me excited that they are now the stewards for if that space keeps going makes me happy especially because yesterday we got confirmation that that space remake is the third selling the third best-selling game of the in the united states just behind hogwarts legacy and modern warfare 2 that's like if you're third just behind those two which are like the obvious big ones that's a pretty big deal pretty pretty big deal and i'm, yeah. I'm excited because if it didn't sell we're not gonna get more this was the test yeah, and I'm so glad that now we get that opportunity to see Dead Space 2 and even potentially a revisit to Dead Space 3, which I think had so much potential. Yeah. Um, I just I hope they give it like a true try, you know, mm -hmm. um, and this isn't Dead Space 3, though. This is talking about Dead Space Remake. So mm -hmm. yeah, but that's the thing. Like, um, Dead Space 3, think. Yeah, Dead Space 3 was butchered by EA. That was one of the few games they were like, oh, no, yeah. we want to monetize games more or less like screw the design because we, we want you to sell microtransactions to this crafting system that is not part of like the gameplay loop. And, like buy ammo with real money or something mm -hmm. like that. It, yeah. yeah. So that was just a whole thing. But um, as far as the actual Dead Space remake, um, I still think it's unsurpassed in its atmosphere, its look, it's just yeah. raw, chunky nasty feeling and i love it so yeah. much there's something it's about so unique. that it's so unique still yeah. to this day like it stands like, out so well i just watched alien one the first time like a year or so ago and um when everybody was talking about that whole um what, what was it the hr geiger or uh -huh, was it yeah, the, yeah uh, hr geiger the yeah. aesthetic mm -hmm. So, like, that aesthetic of not only, like, the weird organic alien stuff, but, like, that chunky, really uh, concrete feeling of the technology in that world, mm -hmm. that was just such a killer in the 80s that um, I, I would look at it and I went, oh, I get it now. And Dead Space is probably the closest I've ever seen to, like, just really nailing that feel of everything is interactable it functions it works and it makes sense not only from like character perspective because mm -hmm. this is an engineer but the entire point of the game is that the ship is broken and you're going through service tunnels and engineer mm -hmm. access places to find it so it makes sense that all of these giant propellers all serve a true function and feel like it serves this ship 
that you're in, not just, hey, what is this propeller doing? Don't know. Looking at you, Callisto Protocol. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's you get what I'm saying. Yeah. The more just, we get removed, yeah, the more we get removed from Callisto Protocol, even having enjoyed it at the time, it's like you really yeah. notice how, like, especially when you, now you see what Dead Space originally was, how this remake like smoothed out some of the edges, added stuff, and. Uh, really improved and, and, and really improved like to be to for it to be like the definitive way to play the original one is like now you can look back at Callisto's like man that's also sad it's like why is like the next game from the guy that created it wasn't as good but right them's the breaks but yeah it's like i guess that's one of the things with the creative types when you revisit something that was like the source of your first big success it's such a toss-up it's a flip of the coin really because it's either you still have that same passion for exactly mm -hmm. what made you big or, you or you've it. moved on mm -hmm. as a person and like that's the thing is you don't want to revisit the point of your greatest success because you're usually never going to do as good as you did that first time you're better off just going in a and completely be different and, and, and because we love this franchise so much paul that's exactly what happened to george lucas so <laughs> it's like literally it's yeah. like yeah like, like that's we are prequel stands, but we also know those movies yeah. have, have their problems. They're not like Lucas completely like mm. uh, he didn't understand why the entirety of his original trilogy worked when he had more collaborators to like be able to like aid him instead of him being like the one in charge of everything and with just Jasmine yeah. around. So I, th I guess that's just part for the course. Like you revisit like a masterpiece, let's say like again, it's, it's sometimes very rare moments where lightning can strike twice in a bottle. It's like that's it. Especially and it years can't be after. done. Yeah, but you look at something after. like Mad Max Fury Road with George mm. Williams yeah. and how much that dude just gets Miller. it still. George Miller. Uh, Miller, sorry. <laughs> I, I messed that up. Yeah, yeah. George Miller. Um, and just the concept, of course, kind of cross pollination here outside of video games. But let's say, like, God of War. Mm -hmm. Um to yeah. go into that yeah, side yeah that's a rare, that's an, also a rare example of someone coming back to its greatest hits however in this case with the intention of not doing exactly what you did before like with a complete reinvention that's why Corey yes. barlog who directed god of war 2 and worked in the original one then left for many years and came back for yeah. the reimagining was like he came in with like the mission is that we're not doing it the same as we did and i think that's what helped uh when you're yeah. trying to recapture that landing in the bottle that's where um uh, I think you it's can... like even if you're the same person, what worked then won't work now, and mm. you have to approach it like media and people in general have moved on from what worked at that point. So if you made a one-to-one -one recreation of that, it's not going to do well, and yeah. you have to do something new. But yeah, um, so yeah, Dead Space yeah. remake. Just yeah, I'm glad that slaps. Yeah, it slaps. <laughs> it's still like at the very top like right now it's like very very high in my top favorite games of this year uh it's so funny my three favorite things from this year have been remakes so like all three of them and uh what a what a concept and what a world we live in where we get some actual love and care put into something and yeah and the and, remake and, and, is and, what it is and someone can start making the arguments like isn't that sad that the best things are things that have basically been remade from like years past and i'm like yes and no because we have also seen like the Lacey remake. We have also seen like the Minimal Bible product remake. This is like, these are remakes that are going above and beyond just bringing back an original game. And I feel that's worth, uh, I, I still feel Final Fantasy VII Remake is probably the, at the top of the list of like really going above and beyond because in their case, they're literally completely revamping the story and making it its oh, own yeah. thing, which is like a very daring, uh, 
daring thing to do even to this day that may alienate people that just wanted the original as it was just prettier. They just have to mm. go further. And I feel like uh, Dead Space is in that it hits the temple moments of the original game, but the way you get to those temple moments have been changed slightly. And the same we can say about Resident Evil 4 Remake, which we can talk about more. Uh, what chapter are you yes. on? Yes. If you remember. Uh, 10 or 11. Okay. Um, have I, you seen I'm the insects? The no. Okay, then you're I don't think so. If you haven't seen insects, then you're you're like a chapter eight. You because okay. you no, you no, no. I'm definitely at chapter ten because I played as Ashley, uh -huh. um, and I just got back as Leon. Mm -hmm. Oh wait, are you talking about those weird spider-looking things that grab Ins onto people? Uh, no, no, they're not okay. spiders. It's actually insects no. that fly, like insects with like no. green. So we're kind of like in that same spot because I just saw those insects. So you're in chapter. Okay, nine. you're probably just ahead of me then because. Mm -hmm. I, I know I got um, the request to fight that giant golden knight dude. Um, and I did so, that yesterday, right before going to cool. bed. So yeah. I'm I'm probably right behind you, and that means that I probably just started like chapter ten or something, and mm -hmm. that I just haven't gotten anywhere in it yet. But yeah, so um, I'm doing like you did because in the past when I played Resident Evil Four, I did like what you do where you're supposed to mm -hmm. slowly graduate past certain weapons mm -hmm. because they're just there's weaker versions and there's stronger versions and i'm so glad that we have the ability to upgrade weapons now oh, yeah. um i think that was one of my biggest complaints about the old kingdom hearts games yeah oddly enough and the upgradable weapons that yeah upgradable weapons wasn't the original one what they've done better this time is that the resale value of your old oh, stuff yeah. is like enough to be able to not feel like you're being gypped for having invested in a weapon when you know a better one is in fact the game encourages to be like don't don't hold off to like old weapons if you know that there's something better it's like resell everything because we're gonna like resell you that like the full value for you to like put the upgrades on something new in the original yeah. one like the resale value was like lower so there was a more of a tug and pull if you wanted to like stay with a specific weapon or get the upgrades mm -hmm. which ironically okay. is like the the upgrade path of the weapons you're given uh from like the original uh, handgun to like the red nine to like the matilda to the then the original shotgun to then the riot shotgun to the striker mm -hmm. it happens almost at the exact same moment as it did originally but everything around it in that game has just been completely redone in a way that there's a few moments where you're like oh i remember this part here's like the two waters i have to push ashley she's gonna run around the thing and i have to cover her that's like the one of the few sections in the castle is like straight lifted from the original though much easier yeah, i remember though, it actually yeah, though much easier but then many other sections like a new troll with armor you probably yeah. see that you have to like run around the castles that's completely mm -hmm. new uh yep the running when you find mr uh the, the, the guy with the trench coat that becomes scorpion like, yeah the chief i don't remember yeah the original name, chief with, but... like, the big, with the big eye uh they added mm -hmm. an extra chase scene right before uh yeah, you fight I him. You, you, that. you fight him. I actually had some str trouble with that because uh, they did lower the health of the enemies. But at first they were like, oh, "Okay, I need to run past them," and Ashley kept getting like slobbered by somebody ah. that I would duck under, and uh, yeah, so I had some trouble with that. But then yeah, it goes into the almost one-to-one -one recreation of that boss fight, mm -hmm. which I loved that fight. Um, with some added mechanics, like him was. like falling like behind yeah. and throwing you like the fire thing for you to like run left and right, and. Yeah. Uh, it's like it's it, it's like it knows the things that worked in the original one and it had sanded off the things that didn't i feel the pacing's even better in this remake than it did that than back then that yeah because i don't remember like i've only played resident evil 4 twice i'm pretty sure um in my whole life the first time was like a completely blind playthrough on the ps2 
Mm. Um, and then I think I played the remaster on the 360. Oh, 360. Yeah. <clears throat> 2011. And um, what a crazy experience that is going into that uh, completely blind because I went backwards from five. Mm. Uh, and then I think I played four. <laughs> yeah. And then I played six. Oh, whoa. So you, so you didn't climb it. So you were like here, here, and then. I kind like... of. <laughs> yeah, because I think it was before six came out. I finally got like a pre-owned, very discounted five, mm -hmm. and then I knew about four. Picked it up at GameStop for PS2, and then like the day after, I found out there was going to be a remaster on 360, and I was like, "Dang it!" Yeah, but, that was so yeah, high. I I was, that was that. Like, one of my most hyped things that came out in in 2011 when they announced like they were releasing an HD version for PS3 and 360 of Resident Evil Four. So I was like, "Yes." Because I had only played it on GameCube without finishing it way back, and I never like got it afterwards. So I was like, mm. "Yeah, I finally get it, and I get to earn some trophies." Even though they didn't have a platinum trophy, which I hated on PS3, it was like still oh, can't I... believe that was a GameCube exclusive for a while. Yeah, and it's like... so fun. Yeah, can you believe that? It was part of the GameCube Five uh, that Capcom like uh, committed to Nintendo. Like, we're gonna give you five exclusives. Four of those uh, came out. It was PN3, Beautiful Joe, uh, Killer Seven. And Resident Evil 4, and a fifth game never came out. And then all of those games, with the exception oh, of yeah, all of those games, with the exception of Piano 3, made it to PS2 because they didn't sell well, like they, they like they wanted. Especially and what was funny is that Shinji Mikami, the director of Resident Evil 4, he had soar up and down. He literally said this that this is just going to be a GameCube exclusive. Like it's been made specifically to take advantage of the GameCube. Like this is never going to come out on any other platform. And if it does, I'm going to grab a chainsaw and behead myself. He literally said that, and it's so funny wow. looking looking back because it's been one of the most ported games ever made. Like, it was yeah. ported. It was ported to literally every system like available. It immediately the same year came to PS2 later that year. Then the Wii got an enhanced version where you could do like the motion controls. We got mm -hmm. the PS3 and 360 versions in 2011. Then in 2016 we got the Xbox One and PS4 and then Switch versions. So every mm -hmm. system available has had access to this game. <laughs> so, Jeez, and I, yeah, I, I'm glad that so many people have gotten to experience it because, um, so yeah, to come full circle with that whole thing is, I was kind of a newcomer to all that when I finally mm -hmm. played Resident Evil Four, and um, boy, was I not expecting what I got. Uh, the village experience, mm -hmm. everything else, uh, reliving all of that, and how just absolutely panicked I felt back in the day. Mm -hmm getting to up the difficulty and intensity and aggression of all the villagers to kind of mm -hmm. coincide with a build up of skill on my part mm -hmm. because now i feel like i'm john wick just sniping dudes hitting somebody in the knee and then yeah. suplexing and, them. And, 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 I lo great. and i love that the improved mechanics have been like coincided with like a race of difficulty so it's like oh just because you can run and shoot doesn't mean everything's gonna be a cakewalk no enemies are way quicker they're gonna grab you from behind more they're gonna tar corner you more so you have to like still be on your toes and i think that's so great because it's very easy to just change controls and completely break the original experience they even enhanced it this way like every time that i face a chainsaw guy in this game now i'm legit panicking and the other one it was so easy to cheese if you knew how to yeah. constantly like i could Got in, get, get into a flow of like headshot kick, headshot kick, headshot kick. Now it's way harder yeah. to do that here, especially because the, uh, especially because with, with the way the reticle works, which back then it was just the laser sight, which made it easier to aim in a way. Which thankfully some weapons you can add some laser sight. Thank laser God, sight here. that is 
so fun to have the laser sight and extremely necessary after a certain point. Yeah. Because my goodness. Ugh. Yeah. It's not fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but um, as far as, let me think, it's like, um, as far as like deep changes, is there anything in particular that either surprised you or maybe like didn't go the way that you had thought um, as opposed to just, you know, universal praise. Yeah, uh, right now, like the thing that I've noticed is like, just like Dead Space Remake, this is like heading into the places that you remember, but in a completely different way and levels 90% completely redesigned that they're not the exact same spot as before. It's like many times I'm like, oh yeah, this is like a new room, huh? And then eventually I would notice something like, oh, this is that part. It's interesting how they like reworked it. So I'm constantly keeping that sense of awe, knowing that I may hit th parts that I remember, but Capcom went above and beyond completely relaying out the levels. Like I still like I remember a part in the original when you're in the castle where you're like in the in the library that then has some dudes with rocket launcher something suddenly showing up. That hasn't happened here yet. So I'm like, okay, so there's a, a few parts that have been like mixed, uh, some some parts yeah. that have been like added or switch a lot. To me, like the greatest improvement. I have to get to them. Ashley's part. Ashley's section yes. in this game way better, way more fun than uh, than back back then because back then you even have to do like a weird like one of those puzzles where you have to like move the the squares to like make make a shape. Which there's a little bit of a hint of that with a hexagon puzzle uh, early on, like in the lake area that that gives you like an early beefy uh, pesetta reward and. Mm. I'm thankful that for pacing reasons, that has not been like a big deter like a determining moment. Some of the puzzles I've found like they're not that hard, but they're actually really clever with how you actually have to look things like, for example, the one in by the tables where you have to like sit you and Ashley and press the and, 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 and press the and ring, yeah. and ring the thing. You have to look at the painting uh -huh. um, and I'm kind of line that up. I think um, the circle puzzle where you're in the caves mm -hmm. and you have to hit the right ones, it's like paint that's kind of uh -huh. hidden on stalagmites and stuff. And at first that threw me off. And then I realized when all you had to do is know three of them. And uh -huh. I went, oh, that's so much easier. Exactly. And no, and no, no specific order. You just have to find them. You like use the environment, like as for environmental yeah. storytelling. So, yeah. I remember we talked about the whole Ada thing. I have no opinion on Ada right now. Like, I don't think it's better or worse with like what with what they've been showing. Yeah. What, because we've probably so seen the same thing in the game that it probably doesn't feel like a whole lot. I mean, she's I don't know, the exact maybe same amount right now as she was in the original. Honestly, <laughs> a lot of people are like, they ruined Ada. They made her feel like she doesn't care about Lee. And I was like, I kind of felt like that already. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Because I didn't really like Ada in the original Resident Evil 4. Just don't crucify me, internet. Mm -hmm. um, but as far as, like, I know they upped uh, Luis. Mm -hmm. And they really, like, connected him to the storyline far more. Um, yeah. There's both more with also giving him more to do. Yeah, so probably the biggest, like, improvement story-wise is that... Um, if there's something that there's many purists from Resident Evil that took some issue with for uh, especially in the during the time that it was getting all the praise as the game of the years and all that was that they were uh, sad that Capcom seemingly dropped the whole umbrella of it all back then because if you finish Resident Evil 2 or even like Code Veronica it ends with that now we're gonna take the fight to Umbrella and then when Resident Evil 4 starts it's like oh yeah Umbrella is gone so all of that kind of happened like in between because they wanted like a clean break mm. Louis, That's true. It, like if you if you read like the things that Hannigan sends you uh, for Luis, like he was he, like Luis is a uh, a scientist for Umbrella. Umbrella scientist. Yeah, yeah. So it's like now it's like at least this doesn't feel as as disconnected as yeah. as, as it was. So 
it feels like Capcom is like slowly like trying to tie all the games together in a way that eventually got away from them originally. So that's cool, especially if they're clearly gonna stay with the whole umbrella of it all. I mean, look at Village, like Village completely giving it an origin yeah. to that to, to, I, all of, uh, to all of that. I do want to say one more thing before we compare this to Village, mm -hmm. and that I've heard that the island segment is completely redone. I can't wait because because the island oh. segment is the uh, the factory section of Village, like in similarity, yeah. where that's where like the pacing starts it starts like plummeting a little bit and so yeah i'm i'm really excited because i don't even really remember the uh the island segment that much all i'd remember is the chopper no. or, uh, portion of it yeah well, that chopper that helps like, you yeah, yeah what was one, his name mike i think yeah <laughs> the, the pilot yeah, that helped you what made that section very annoying is that uh because of the way that game worked mechanically that's when you start getting enemies with weapons and all of that and mm -hmm. It made the whole like tank controls like seem out of place later on, and that wasn't a problem back then. It is more of a problem now that we experience like third-person coverage shooters like with a ball mechanic. So I wonder if now that the mechanical improvements of this one will make that entire section that hopefully has has been edited for time for like pacing, maybe even yeah. better. Because there's something that I was telling this in our chat is like I feel this is the first game this year that I'm like I really need to go to bed, but I don't want to. I want to keep. Uh, there's, there's something about. The, there's just something about this game. It's like it's like it's. It has its hooks in me, and yeah, and, and I'm like that's exactly what I want out of this. I feel like a game that it's not short enough. It's like it's giving us enough meat that doesn't feel bloated. It just feels. It just feels right. Everything about this. I thing appreciate feels right. how long it is compared to a lot of other things, and comparing it now to Village, mm -hmm. which you could beat in like eight a hours. Yeah, in a, in a city. Um, and. This game being just easily the double of that, I'd mm -hmm. say, because I'm only, I think I'm like at 12 hours, um, mm -hmm. and I'm only at chapter 10, and there's still like, 16. what, 19 total? Yeah, 16. 16, yeah. Okay. Um, but still, like, I fully intend to go back and try to unlock more stuff, and, yeah, you know, if, it's It like... feels like in the, in the Capcom style, like, giving you games that are, like, infinitely replayable. It's like, I understand yeah. why Gene Park, who got this game really early for the review process, he beat this game six times before it, it officially came out. Because I can, can I imagine. See why. Yeah, I can see. It's so fun. And especially playing now this directly from Death Space Remake, the one area where, because we're having this back and forth in our chats to kind of give like more info to our listeners, that I feel like the one area that Death Space Remake is better than Resident Evil 4 Remake is probably visual quality. Because Resident Evil 4, I tell you, it can be really pretty at times, like very, very pretty as like the RE engine can be. However, it, at times like the frame rate chugs, at times like the there's some pixelation, it doesn't look as sharp as you want it to be compared to Dead Space that remains like super sharp throughout. But I'm having more fun with RE4. <laughs> like it feels like mechanically, there's just the fact that you have not only just your weaponry, but the context sensitive actions you can make, the parry. It's like things that I tell you because it was rough. I get playing RE4 and then be like, I gotta go finish Death Space Remake before it gets it gets away from me. That was rough. Because your offensive options in Death Space Remake are so limited. So freaking limited in comparison. Yeah. So I think, my... and of course that is like the point in a certain way for Dead Space, but it's just one of those cases where it's hard to go back to something that is considered I don't know, like maybe a slip further towards horror than action. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the several, I would say, measures closer to that. And then 
like somebody once described Resident Evil 4 is like it's all action with like a tiny hint of horror really yeah. and it's it's just because the nature of your uh, resources are mm -hmm. so limited and like the creepy look of the enemies that mm -hmm. makes it sort of horror but it's really just a freaking action game yeah it's a, it's an action horror it, 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 it is what it is yeah. action horror with some tense moments throughout but i feel like the yeah. intensity of the tense moments is higher in re in re4 remake than it was originally in back in original resident evil 4 but i wonder if that's because i just know resident evil 4 so well at this point and its visuals were like so cartoonish that it was hard to take it, it was hard to take it seriously as a horror game. Uh, but obviously, like if you compare something to like Resident Evil 2 remake from four years from four years ago, I would say Resident yeah. Evil 2 remake was definitely scarier. And that was the design is that you were way definitely. more limited. That was not an action game. It's like I mean, yeah, you always had what like seven bullets at any one time, and yeah. that was like all you had to work with. So you just run past enemies, and mm -hmm. I. I it's weird because everybody says that this game is harder, but I feel like it's the opposite still. It's different. I, I would say that Resident Evil 2 is definitely harder because you just have so many less resources to utilize against your enemies. Mm -hmm. Whereas Red, Resident Evil 4, you have like 40 pistol bullets and you, so you just unload on things sometimes. Um, yeah, it just feels you like you have such an arsenal yeah. that you don't have that much yeah. trouble. You can get more overwhelmed with Resident Evil 4 Remake. I feel like that that's kind of like the difference. Mm -hmm. It's like the amount of zombies that you can have in RE2 is like it's very minimal and it's easy to cheese and knowing that, yeah, you might as well don't waste your bullets. And especially because zombies take what, like 10 bullets sometimes in RE2 because it's not, it's not meant to be a game where you're like gunning down everything. It's a game about you, right. kn you knowing how to like manage your resources. In RE4, you have to just use everything to survive because it's more like an actual action survival than just survival horror. So. Whether which one's better than the other, I think that's the beauty of this. These two remake, like the RE2 remake and this one, are such high quality that I can see arguments for both ways of which one is like the best one. To me personally, yeah. it's RE4 because I just have more. I fun. think so as well. I, I, I just have way more fun with this, and now more than ever, I can see why Village went the way it was. It was an absolute testbed of them trying to go back to RE4. And and, mm. and, do it, and doing it modernly. It's like so many of the hallmarks, even like the castle, uh, the, like Saucer's Castle, so many, especially some of some visual qualities of it are straight from Dimitrescu, uh, I mean, Castle Dimitrescu. The, the vase uh, item things are exactly the same in everything. Mm -hmm. It is it is very clearly wearing its inspiration on its sleeve. Oh, yeah. um, and it's like power to them, and I'm glad it exists. Uh, if there's one thing that I found out that I wish they had done is that they uh, add infinite ammo for all weapons and not just like the classic ones for mm -hmm. RE4. Because um, in, e in 8, you could do literally any gun could be mm -hmm. infinite ammo. So I was like, a little sad sure? to find that out. Yeah, are you sure that's not like at all like, I available? I looked it up. Um, the only three, it's the Infinite Rocket Launcher, the Chicago Sweeper, which is the typewriter, mm -hmm. and um, the the Magnum, I think, one of the mm -hmm. one of the Magnums. But yeah, uh, unfortunately, I was like, man, I would love to go through the regular hand uh, handgun mm -hmm. with infinite ammo, really feel it. But that's that, not that was my my, so, my favorite thing of doing that with RE5, uh, upgrading Weskers, uh, Desert Eagle, like to uh, yes to, to its complete thing, and then just speed run the game and just like one shotting everything, was, headshot everything. Yes, yeah. that's uh, it felt really good. So that's and, the one thing that I'm like, ah, oh, it's a shame, but whatever. Yeah, but it's like it, that's just a tiny like a tiny nitpick for like yeah. what is uh, an incredible game. It's like it's how well like 
conceptually RE4 works and how well like Capcom just continues killing it with bringing all these games back in the quality that they do. Uh, especially after being the ones that they went from the lazy remasters with the original RE4, 5, and 6 on PS4 to doing this. Like the, 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 the upgrade. The entire that... Devil May Cry series being an abomination in their HD remasters. There's there's a few examples of the opposite, but overall. But oh, that was like that, that was talking with uh with her friend Duchess. They were talking about that. That 2010 to 2015 Capcom was an embarrassment. Like that's when th yeah. th th those were happening. That was like the laziest uh, minimal viable product that you can get. And then something like shifted with them when they actually went back to RE7, like a completely new game with a completely new perspective that was re really well received. And then Monster Hunter World was like a huge breakout hit for them. Uh, then bringing back Devil May Cry 5, like a mainline entry in Devil May Cry after their, after their pivot with DMC, uh, with Ninja Theory's DMC, which I like that game. Obviously, a lot of people don't, but that was a yeah. triumphant return for a game that's, that felt just like you remember the, the core game's feeling and modernized and being so beloved. And then their entire remake initiative, now Dragon's Dogma's coming back. It's like, as a Japanese developer, Capcom is like at the top of their game. And... I wish like mm. Square Enix had this level of consistency. Obviously, they have some some of their good stuff. Are you like Final Fantasy VII Remake, a phenomenal game? Can't wait for uh, can can't wait for Reunion. I can't wait. I, I mean, uh, Final Fantasy, uh, Crisis Core Reunion, amazing. Like way better work than we would have been expected from them. Uh, Final Fantasy Not VII Reverse, yeah. yeah. Final Fantasy VII Reverse coming soon. Final Fantasy VII, uh, Final Fantasy Sixteen looking amazing. The things that we're looking for, like they've been like so like carefree like yeah here's 30 minutes of the game just being played like go enjoy like this is what it is like they have a level of confidence in the things that work that it's sad you don't see that level of quality everywhere else like experience is like a mess outside of like the, the score yeah. things and capcom is more like everything feels like they're giving the time love and care and i feel are you for remake them going back to like one of their most celebrated titles of all time and still making it something that can still be celebrated even now it's very impressive. To me, it's like RE4 Remake is my front runner, or like my favorite game that I played this year. Obviously, things can change. We got Final Fantasy coming soon. Jedi Survivor, oh, yeah. Yeah, Jedi Survivor is like in a month. Uh, Spider Man 2, we know that's going to be in the fall. Thanks, Tony Todd, for, the, for, for that leak last week. Uh, it's like, it's still like, feel like we're eating. We're, we're still going to be eating good. And I haven't been, I, I'm satisfied with what we've been, been getting like so far this year. It's like, like I mentioned, my big miss has been Atomic Heart. For you, was that and not again because Forspoken got away from you. Had you like finished it early on? It's like the entree. Like I mentioned in my review, the beginning thing yeah. before you before you like you, you don't go back to the entree after you get your meals. You you eventually just skip to the meals. It was hard to go back. So yeah, it's it's just one of those things. And like in hindsight, I think it was one of those cases of well, I'm going to play it because that's all that's in front of me. Um, but then when everything else kind of showed up and i went well these are all way better options yeah. um and even now like i theoretically have the ability to play anything that i really want mm -hmm. uh i'd rather not go play for spoken i just want to play resident evil 4 a couple of times yeah, it would be a right like I, I tell games. you yeah i try to go back after testing i was like i'm glad i finished and got this because it's like you can definitely tell when it's like next to like the giants this doesn't even like scratches it even though i had fun oh. with that game you were so close of hitting so many fun parts you were like in the rut you just stopped right when i tell you this is like this is the part i just try to keep moving fast out of there because that part sucks and 
you did and you got stuck in the mud. I had already given up yeah. <laughs> by that point that you told me, and I was like, oh, that makes perfect sense. But I just, I chose that yeah, I wasn't going back. Yeah, you chose that space, like, as you should. Like, that space is an infinitely better game. Yeah. So, I just, like, I'm the one that says that first book in is a better game than it looks. It looks rough. Like, I can't, I can't. True, yeah. I'll give it that. Yeah, I can't, I, I can't deny that. And of course, like, you got your magic filled with Hogwarts Legacy, so. Yeah. Immediately yeah, so, after. Exactly. Almost immediately. And technically, Hogwarts Legacy it is, is a better game than Hogwarts Legacy. That's also a fact. So. Wait, Forspoken is better Forspoken, than Hogwarts No, no, no. Legacy? Hogwarts Legacy is better than Forspoken. Okay. That's fact. There we go. Yeah. So yeah no, yes, not the other absolutely. way around. No, absolutely not the way like, around. No. Not even close. But enough of that, Paul. Like, I, I, like I, we haven't finished it, but I so far highly, highly recommend like the RE4 remake. Like, the, the reviews, the high reviews is getting totally worth it, I tell you. So. Yeah. I, I was worried that it was just going to be that nostalgia bait, but sure enough, they updated themselves so much and really pushed. And I'm I'm just so glad that we're now in this phase where all these companies that own the IPs are going, wait, if we put money in, it's going to print money for us. And therefore, mm -hmm. hopefully we get a remaster, a remake, yeah. whatever, like true remakes. People people respond to quality stuff. people absolutely respond to quality they're like they've been very clear that minimal viable products in this day and age in the twitter era where everything can be dunked on it's not gonna it's not gonna fly as we're gonna talk with an, a game that it seems that uh, a version of a game that usually usually works in the other consoles that are launched like launch a pc version that's a complete disaster but we're gonna talk about it a little later because we had a breaking news right before recording paul so let's not beat into the bush press x for some news. Story number one. Paul, like, just for kind of, it was interesting. Like, I was here, buddy Sebastian is not here. He went to PAX last week. He told like, he was sending us pictures of him, all the content creators and like media people that he was that he was meeting and he was telling us that he talked to PR saying that uh, he was invited to go to E3 to like continue to like uh, see some of the work that they were going to show over there. And earlier this uh, earlier this week, we heard that uh, Ubisoft, the one that we talked two weeks ago, that was like, oh, yeah, if there's going to be three, we're going to be there. There were the only ones after Sony, Nintendo and Microsoft were like, we ain't going to be there. And then they were the ones that were like, yeah, we're not going to be there anymore. And I said, I remember saying in our chat, I was like, oh, no. That's a really bad sign. Like, we're this late. We don't know anyone else. And the one that was publicly, the big publisher that was publicly saying was going to be there, no longer going to be there, this doesn't bode well. And obviously, everybody was like, well, I don't care about Ubisoft. It's like, they haven't made big games anymore. It's like, I'm going for everyone else. It was like, who else? It's like, we don't know. And then IGN reported, oh, yeah, Sag and Tencent, who were planning, are also quitting. So it's like, okay, so no, no, no big publisher. So this is a very expensive thing. How is that going to happen? few days later story number one e3 has been canceled <laughs> so once again uh, the show's status has been in doubt since notable publishers started pulling out ign reports that the entertainment software association emailed its members today to let them know the show has been scrapped the email reportedly said that while e3 remains a beloved and event and brand the 2023 version simply did not garner the sustained interest necessary to execute it in a way that would showcase the size strength and impact of our industry and then a, a later update for the story because 
Originally was like reportedly canceled, then E3's organizer have now officially come confirmed this. ReadPop and the Entertainment Software Association ESA have announced that both the digital and physical events for E3 2023 are canceled. Statement reads. Following the report, there's my dog. Uh, <laughs> Summer Game Fest organizer Jeff Keighley took to Twitter to reiterate that his show is still planned and that it was originally created as a solution to what he thought was wrong with E3. E3 meant so much to me and so many of you too, Keeley wrote. Four years ago, 2020, I realized that E3 wasn't evolving as it needed to compete in a global digital world. So we started building what's next. See you at Summer Game Fest on June 8th. So... Sebastian, mm, if you're listening to this, like I started to tell you that to tell you so bad. I saw the we saw the writing of the wall. It's sad. It really is sad that this show just It's heartbreaking and I, I wanted to believe in it. Mm -hmm. I was hoping that they had some kind of final ace in the hole after everybody was backing out of this, like something that would mean that they could at least put it on in a smaller capacity and still call it e3 do something more manageable less overhead don't use the la convention center mm -hmm. um just you know the usual stuff that wouldn't require boatloads of money from people coming to it and they decided to still try going with the high roller status and when everybody pulled out yeah this is what we called from the beginning as soon as 2020 happened and everybody all Did the their devs showcase. had to do their own showcase. They had that sniff of blood. They went, oh, I can do this myself, mm -hmm. spending none of that extra money. I can just put this on. I can be pre-recorded potentially, and that's all I need. Boom. That's that's That was the end right there. That was the first tolling of the bell, as it were. Um, this is only just the after effects. Yeah. And it, it makes perfect sense. There are many constants in our show, Paul, dating all the way back to when we started doing the show in the season zero, the th first 13 episodes that we just mulliganed. Yeah. The first two episodes, within those first two episodes, we're talking about Sony leaving E3. Like, they had left already for 2019, they didn't show up, and they said, again, yeah, we're not showing up in E3 2020. And that's when we we're talking, it's like, man, it's like, you're not bringing, like, the biggest console manufacturer currently. Like, what is even the viability? And they were saying all these weird things about activations and like oh and getting all these like weird brands that are going to be part of e3 and obviously the pandemic happened and completely killed that on the crib then uh yeah. 2021 they were like no we're coming back but we're just doing a digital only event so everyone that wants to do their conferences we're gonna host them kind of like what keely now does with if it's so funny keely like literally the day after ubisoft said they were not gonna go e3 keely was like they're with us now like we're we're, we're like hosting we're hosting their showcase now so they're like Keely was ahead of the ahead of the pack of where things were going, and he seems like he's facilitating all the developers to either have stage time to reveal their games, like we've seen successfully under Gamescoms and even the uh, Game Awards this past this past December, which was incredible. Like, do you remember the, all the things that he announced just back just last December? That was like E3. That, yeah. that was like E3 caliber. Like, holy crap, that's like big ton. Like Literally. megatons, and obviously Keely not perfect. I lambasted his last summer game fest. Uh, that was like, and but that got away from his like the big things got leaked or had a showcase early on that like stole his thunder. Like basically the the thunder like this could have been the really cool first look at things. Either got leaked by Sony when like his close. Do you remember it was like his big closer was Last of Us Part One, which is funny. We're gonna talk about it in their next story, and. And that got leaked early on. So, it was, and then he kept like asking me, I was like, 
hey, anything else? Like, uh, what about the uh, multiplayer? Like, he was trying to that because he knew his, his thunder had been stolen. And yep. And then the Call of Duty, and, and saying, no, we're going to have gameplay. I only have Call of Duty and Callisto Protocol gameplay, and then nothing else for the rest of that show. So he's definitely got, yeah. gotten better uh, since that. Like, he, he, took, he took his calls. Like, he, he definitely, like, took the beating knowing that that didn't work, and then he reworked it, and Gamescom was a success. Game Awards was a success. Now that we know E3 is finally like in the grave again, because I feel like we've talked about the death of E3 like three times in the show now, and it's finally back. Oh yeah. no, it's dead. It's back. It's dead. I feel like this is the time where it's like it has to be fully, fully dead. And is that the dog? There's a cat. <gasps> oh, there this it is. is the other one. This so is Raspberry. Raspberry. Hey, Raspberry, you finally got yeah, a cameo. He usually because... never comes to hang out, but uh, uh, because he's <laughs> he's just a wild child that never wants to sit still. But because my desk is so easily accessible next to the cat tree uh he decided to come visit <laughs> oh so, yeah there you go buddy uh, because it's, it's usually think. the um what was the other one the black one that felix. always looks like yeah so felix the cat always wants to like kill you it looks like but this one seemed more yep. mellow. this one seemed more mellow um as the vet once said he's pretty and he knows it <laughs> so back to this um yeah what made the because when they canceled e3 2022 i remember after summer game fest came and went and I was like, nothing really came out of that. I was like, maybe E3 was smart. They knew that there wasn't anything, so they decided not to put out anything because obviously game development is so different and companies were not ready. And Keeley decided to put a show even, even when people were not ready. But then they made the point of I remember like, when we talked about yeah. this, yeah. Because yeah. we said the smart thing for them to do is to ready themselves, use this year off to prepare, mm -hmm. and then freaking hit the ground running and don't stop hitting. And they never got their feedback under them after yeah. that year, which Just is a think, shame. Think about this: it's like they made a big deal of hiring Reed Pop, the guys that made packs successfully. Like after the pandemic finally allowed like conventions to go back again, Pax East, which Sebastian went last week, uh, big success of a show. They have Pax Prime. Uh, I think it's this September or Pax West, whichever one it is. Like they do a couple packs throughout the year. Is like they have a well old machine of how to like put on a show. Even if it's not at the magnitude of E3, they literally, them bringing repos, like, we know you guys do a good show, like, in current times, come help us. If that didn't work, like, if Repop being involved didn't convince developers to be like, yeah, now that you guys are in charge, yeah, we're going to spend an, an ginormous amount of money for boot space in this very expensive LA convention center. And and then then it was like, that's, that's when I knew it was like, as soon as, like, I knew that that was cast when none of the big three were going to be there. And Nintendo has not been in the show for conferences because of Nintendo Direct, but they were always in the show to like put booths, like the legendary Breath of the Wild like booth, that that was all they had. Like They decked it like it was Hyrule for people to go there. And then the same thing they did for uh, Super Mario Odyssey. They decked their booth like New Dawn City and people and had enough switches to, for people to go play that. Nintendo always was at the forefront of like, yeah, we're still going to have booth space to have people try our games. Like, when not even them were just were gonna come back, it's like that's when, it's that's when we knew it's like this E3 is like it's finally a relic of another era. This is the third time it's died. I think there's no way you can come back yeah. after that. That you you can't come back after this, like you absolutely can't. And Somebody find a Lazarus pick because I don't think there's any other way E3 is gonna yeah. come back. Yeah, especially because yeah. last year we gave in the past, like we we just said, it's like okay, no one was ready. You took your year off. You were smart. Look. The egg that Keely's getting right now for putting a show when there was nothing, and 
know, now this time, no, it's like, now th things are ready. Things are coming out. People are ready to show their stuff. And this was, if if you're not coming this year, it's over. It's finally over. And Keely mentioned that this is the first uh, Summer Game Fest that's going to be open to the public. Also, sir. Of him trying to take that mm. E3, like, idea. And if that works for him, because last year, play dates for people that actually went to try games, that worked for, like, the press. Uh, yeah. if, if that opens to the public and now it works, then it's like, that's Summer Game Fest is officially E3. That's that's what we usually know yeah. as, like, our gaming Christmas. And I will always lament how all of this died, because, man, I wish we could have gone when it was at its peak, when it was there was excitement at the name of E3. Uh, it's so funny. It's like, it feels like as soon as I, we announced that we we're going to start doing game coverage when Statics Media was a thing, that's when E3 was like on its death. Like when I, I did my yep. reactions with our friend PJ uh, and we we're like, wow, this sucked. Like this is sad. But then back then we we're like, okay, it's like, it, this probably sucks because next year is the next gen. So companies are like pulling back because they're saving all their big guns for next gen. So next year, when they come back to E3, it's going to be amazing. Because Sony will be back. Because they have to show their console. None of that happened. And and who knows? Like Rumors are that Sony apparently will have a showcase around the time of Summer Game Fest. But at this point, like, it's just sad because now everyone can do it at their own time. And now there's no designated time to take off work. To be like, today, for these two days, I'm watching conferences all day. That was tradition for me all the time. Sunday Mondays yep. was always my yeah I'm gonna like uh, schedule vacation time whatever I'm doing uh, because I'm just gonna watch them I'll never forget doing that for 2018 that was such a great last C3 uh, that was also the Sony one where they brought a flute guy uh, a flute guy for Ghost of Tsushima <laughs> I remember Is it, yeah the Ghost of Tsushima dude <laughs> so mm. and I feel like people don't I think the companies don't want public embarrassments anymore because how memeable was that I, it's like every once in a while you can get away with it and somebody tries to be that person um but then you usually come down to what was it peggle 2 mm -hmm. that one guy oh god <laughs> um yeah it's i don't think there's any way to do it earnestly enough like or you have to have some kind of level of tongue-in-cheek or meta narrative almost to get away with it nowadays yeah but then everything just became like on an intentional meme in the last years of E3. Like I remember uh, EA for E3 2016, the year of Battlefield 1 and Titanfall 2 and all of that. They hosted like a big live stream for Battlefield 1 and it was Snoop Dogg was like playing the game and he was like smoking a bong and, uh, and, and like what playing. So the term Wii 3 became a thing that, enti that, that, that entire year. Uh, oh my gosh. So it's just a stupid, a stupid thing like that. Uh, but it's like E3 has legendary moments. Like I will always treasure because I don't know, you probably don't remember many conferences, but I still vividly remember watching the 2015 and 2016 Sony conference. The one that revealed Final Fantasy VII Remake that brought back The Last Guardian. Shenmue 3 like coming back and people, like you could you see people standing and crying in the crowd because it was like a big like nostalgia play. The original reveal of God of War with the orchestra, the, the, the curtain lifting and then starting. I watched that one. Yeah, it was incredible. Like, Gosh, um, that was good. Yeah, especially like just imagine like and then having the orchestra like and Bear McCreary who then scored the entire yeah. game like scored that entire game live as like you were playing like they were like perfectly perfectly in sync to demo that game with like mm -hmm. the live orchestra that then played through the entire conference and which was the one with the uh, the Uncharted Four and the Dead Controller? Oh, that was E3 2015. 
there it is okay yeah i uh, definitely watched that one too um but yeah it's the highs the lows everything in between i definitely i i'm going to miss d3 and i hope i don't know there's part of me that hopes that like somebody eventually kind of pulls it out of the grave and mm. just does something different with yeah. maybe the same name um, which, of course, like nothing's going to stay dead. It's just going to be completely different under completely different people. It's just going to use the same title. Mm -hmm, yeah. um, but I feel like any three convention where everyone goes to the Lake Convention Center, that idea is dead. It's like it's too cost yeah. It's just too cost prohibitive. Yeah. Like I told you about like uh, what Ains from my uh, from Season Gaming, while mm -hmm. he was earmarking to try to like cover both Summer Game Fest, Game Fest and E3, that's just an exorbitant amount of money that I'm like. I'm not spending that, especially knowing how little, like, what was going to be at E3. No, I was not going to pay that kind of money. Uh, that's why I was like, I'll wait to hear how that goes, and maybe they bring it back in 2024. Maybe I'll start, like, saving just to see that they proved that it was going to be right. Now, this is going to save me money in the long run because I'm not, I don't have to go to that. I'd rather go to go to PAX, where I know a lot yeah. of a lot of the people from the that I work with go. A lot of industry people, it's like, that's more like the meet and greets. That's... Like our buddy Sebastian enjoyed his time at PAX. That looked fun, and I saw like I was looking at some of the videos he was posting or the demos he got to show, like especially on the indie level. It would be cool to see someone like take convince like the big developers that PAX is worth going and showing games because it feels like it's always like a glass half full. Not every like big developer likes sending like a demo booth over there. So that's always been the PAX has always been kind of like almost there but not quite like for like gaming convention but a cool place to like hang out buy i heard that many people buy old games there because they put the booth so i would love to see what old stuff i could go buy over there so rep3 i will always remember like yeah. it's like, like from when i was knowledgeable about industry when i first saw what e3 was in 2003 with a game informer get magazine and seeing like all like this list of games that I had not heard about and seeing them like preview them and knowing, oh, so this is like what, this is where we know about game announcements. That's cool. To now is like, we live in different, we live in a different era and yeah. sad that we never got to go. That will always break my heart, but I just hope that it evolves. Like maybe they will bring back the E3 name and then it's like outside of, here's the thing. They have tried to do it outside the LA Convention Center, but they did it at Santa Monica. A pier, like they did like a Santa Monica pier that was just for like media only, like no people could like attend, and that didn't work. And then they brought back E3 in 2008 to a like convention center just for media people, that didn't work either. So then they tried to like open it up again, like 2009, and from 2009 to 27 to 2018, relatively smooth sailing from there. It's like, okay, if we figure it out again to, to yeah, make this work. It doesn't help that like that was the whole transition from like cable tv which is where i used to like record it and watch mm -hmm. it on tv to easily accessible on the internet and it was like you either had to find it during that time or you could never find it again mm -hmm. so it was a lot more of a draw to go physically in person it's just it's not the same it has oh, yeah. ever been so now we just have to like rely on like the ones that had decided to do showcases like by themselves with like their live streams and all of that yeah. at the very least i commend microsoft for always committing for a big showcase around june that's something that's always something that i look forward to from them even though they're Very always true. the one they're always the ones that i'm like will this be the one that's gonna blow my socks up and be like yeah xbox is here now for to fight and they're all there's always like they're really cool stuff but that was that's always been their showcases just the 2021 one that had all the 27 games on game pass that were like oh man like all of this is going to be like for a free subscription that's like that's some big D energy of like, look how what we have. You just pay that, pay us that, and 
and then Sony that just decides to do whatever the frick they want. And rumors are that they are finally gonna talk. We'll see. This that's probably the worst part about being a PlayStation fan with like the death of E3. Sony forsaking E3 has meant that us getting news from them has been way more erratic, way way more erratic, and that sucks because. It, it makes you feel like you're something's left up to me. How often have we been like, what even is there? It's like, we're like starving here. Say something. Like, mm -hmm. that, that's been the rough part of being like a PlayStation fan and the PS5 generation compared to compared to others. Or they will always be talking about they're selling like through the roof right now. So it's like they're being rewarded for their silence. It sucks. But yeah. they're certainly not going to be rewarded for this. Story number two. Uh, the first Last of Us PC patch focuses on stability and performance improvements. So, The Last of Us Part 1 released uh, released in Tuesday after after uh, suffering a short delay from earlier in March and has received mostly negative reviews on Steam with a significant number of players complaining about performance issues and crashes. Story by Tom Ivan from BGC. The game's first update was released on Wednesday, on Wednesday. Naughty Dog said it primarily focuses on stability and performance improvements alongside other smaller ones. The patch notes read, fix several performance and hitch-related issues impacting some users. Note, additional improvements and investigations based on user feedback are underway. Added extra crash diagnostic information to assist in investigating shader building-related crashes and other common reported stability issues. The team is closely watching player reports and actively working on a patch with more bug fixes to be released soon, Naughty Dog added. It also said it's currently investigating the following issues. Loading shaders takes longer than expected. Performance and stability is degraded while sh shaders are loading in the background. Oh, I've seen I've seen that happen in real time, I tell you. Uh, older graphics drivers leads to instability or graphical problems. Game may be unable to boot despite meeting the minimum system requirements. A potential memory leak, mouse and camera jitter for some players, depending on hardware and display settings. Uh, the PC port was handled by Naughty Dog and Iron Galaxy, which also teamed up to bring Uncharted Legacy of Thieves Collection to PC last year. This doesn't... I don't think we'll be able to show this, Paul, but some of the things that I've been seeing of this PC port... Uh, I was sending some screenshots to you, some mm -hmm. videos. It's like, they're cyberpunk-level embarrassing. They're like, it's absolutely. For, for a game that is normally deep on immersion, uh, on performance, on like near perfect execution every time you play it. Mm -hmm. I mean, like we once again we it's, it's either F Ubisoft or, or what's Naughty what's Dog Naughty doing? doing? Or E3. And <laughs> once again with Naughty Dog, uh -huh. um, they are some of like the most polished oh. games that I've ever played. Um, Last always. of Us is yeah, one of mm -hmm. the best examples of a game that I've probably, if not never maybe once or twice like minor glitches here and there mm -hmm. nothing to this extent this is like you said cyberpunk levels of everything's busted the code was not written to go on pc clearly and i think we had talked about this before it's not even being done by like a first party studio it's completely like some other company that they outsourced it to mm -hmm. to try to do this and yeah. it's this is kind of unacceptable behavior honestly this oh, yeah. is super messed up and uh i'm so glad that i play on console and mm -hmm. not on pc where everybody's like oh thanks for beta testing it for us and it's like guess what it's buddy what? it's not <laughs> how it works and right. oh, yeah. suck it yeah so. it's like it's to the worst part is that um the port quality of playstation going to pc like other than horizon originally which was their first test that didn't go super well initially but they patched it to be more mm -hmm. stable 
have been relatively solid. The God of War PC port and and the Spider-Man PC port I've heard were excellent. True. So, out of all of this, like The Last of Us is one of their most celebrated games. Just finish a TV show that is gonna like like rake many awards whenever the Emmys comes around after like uh, early next year, and I don't understand why you would then rush this like in this state for like a big pool of popular of player population that is PC and not being up to snuff, especially when everything else that they release has been relatively up to snuff. Like, Days Gone is more polished than this, Paul. <laughs> Days Gone, like the PC port, it's like, that's, that just- I can't so, believe that's a sentence that it, exists. Exactly, right? Especially when like, what you like consider with Naughty Dog, it's like, you, you, you said it like perfectly, it's like, Naughty Dog, whatever you think about their games, like the objective fact about their games is that no one does polish like them. Like their games yeah. are so pristine in almost everything that they released, even way back in the PS2, they were the Jack games and to Crash Bandicoot, that this is so on Naughty Dog and such a, and, and, and absolutely unacceptable. The fact that they never, you know that they didn't send review copies to anyone? That's when you know. Like no, no one receives, it's in the article, it says, unusually for a Sony Interactive Entertainment game, zero reviews for a title have been published on Metacritic two days after its release, suggesting that press either did not receive review code or did so extremely late. It's like, this is how you kill Goodwill. This absolutely, you absolutely kill Goodwill doing this. And, and I tell you, for the very pretentious PlayStation side of people that are all about PlayStation is about quality. That's what defines this thing, and that's why we stand this. Yeah. That's this is a big like even though it's polished in the system that it originally launched, it's like to me it's like mm -hmm. everything that you put under your name, regardless of platform, has to be polished. No matter what. Like Arkham Knight, another game that was like working well on, on, on console, but the PC release was a nightmare. The Cyberpunk situation, the opposite. PC was great, everything else was effed. It's like that's just not acceptable because you have paying customers that play in those systems. Like you, everyone deserves at least a functional video game, no matter what. Even if another version is technically better because the hardware is better. But something like this video with the things like the blackface Joel that we saw because the shader was just not loading. That was... <laughs> please, 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 well, put that in the thumbnail. Right now that I'm thinking about it, I grab that and just put, put that in the thumbnail. And the one with the low settings of Joel that it looks like with the big eyebrows, it's... Yeah. Like some some stuff that I'm seeing of this thing is incredible. It's mm. absolutely incredible. <laughs> so, gosh, oh man, it's like <laughs> they deserve egg. It's like I love Naughty Dog, but it's like they were they delayed this from March third. Why didn't you delay it further? Maybe wait until like the Blu-ray release back like in June. Yeah, give yourself enough time for this to work. At like, this point, I don't know why they even bothered to mm -hmm. release it at this point. Like, the only thing I can think is, well, Great. it's, yeah, finance, um, fiscal year and trying to coincide with the ending of the TV show is, yeah. like, all I can think of. And it's failure on at least one of those. And the other one is, like, well, great. You beat the fiscal year. You can at least write off your loss on the taxes. Mm -hmm. Um, congratulations. Yeah, because I think they yeah. also, their fiscal year also ends in March, so that hits, that, that kind of makes sense a little bit, but what's nice is that originally this was going to come out on March 3rd, the day the finale, like the same week of the finale, so that was originally their plan, they were totally going to synergize with like the ending, but then they pushed it because it wasn't ready, 
they should have pushed it more. Like having the, having this kind of quality under like your title is like this. If you're if you're being serious about trying to release things on PC, like this is the kind of thing that gets egg on your face, and no one's gonna believe that you care about PC like you say you want to. Is like this. Like that. That's the one area where Microsoft also like. They were struggling early on to, to get good PC ports of their exclusives, and eventually they got there, like, it consistently, like, you could play a quality port on PC if you have a good PC. It's like, um, this is really strange that this game, out of all of them, is the one that has, like, released so bad. And that's sad. It's like, what, what a way to, like, eliminate all goodwill <laughs> you, you, you've engendered so far. So, mm -hmm. so speaking of, like... Um, Maybe like uh, eliminating some of your goodwill. Story number three uh, by Marcus Stewart from Game Informer, Paul. Multiverses is being taken offline to relaunch in 2024. Multiverses, the free-to-play Super Smash Bros. style fighting game starting an all-star cast of Warner Bros. characters, will be pulled from storefronts next month. The game's online modes will later become unplayable as developer Player First Games plans for a relaunch in the early next year. In a developer blog post, Player First Games CEO Tony Huan explains that since Multiverses launched in open beta, yes, open beta, last July, uh, players have offered a ton of feedback. The studio feels that the only way to properly implement improvements based on these fan requests is to shut the game down temporarily, Huynh writes. We know there's still a lot of work to do. As a result, we have a clear review of what we need to focus on, specifically the content cadence of new characters, maps, and modes to give you more ways to enjoy the game, along with updated netcode and more matchmaking improvements. We'll also be reworking the progression system based on your feedback and looking at new ways for you to connect with your friends in the game. As a result, Multiverse is getting pulled from online stores on April 4th, so just a few days from now. Uh, while new players won't be able to download it, those who already have it in their libraries can still reinstall it after that date. On June 25, the game's online servers will be shut down, along with any associated features. After that, players will only have limited access to offline modes such as the training room and local matches. Purchased in-game content, such as characters, items, battle pass tokens, and unused currency, will carry over when Multiverses returns in early 2024. The Season 2 Battle Pass will also be extended through June 25th. Daily missions will be continue to be added, but the weekly seasonal milestones will no longer refresh after March 31st. Those seeking refunds will have to take it up with their chosen storefront, as an FAQ states. This announcement does not change any current refund policies or terms offered by the storefronts, Storefronts from which Founders Packs or Gleamium bundles were purchased. I'll say this. Go ahead. Y yes, you can take a lot of feedback, a bunch of and, and a bunch of stuff to improve your game. I don't remember when this launched. That this was an open beta. I don't remember that. It. Technically was from the start. Um, I was kind of doing some digging on it and I vaguely remembered that it said open beta when I downloaded it and played it for like one day. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so technically, um, apparently this was always the plan, but just nobody paid attention or ah. listened or talked about it. Um, and it was just one of those things. It's such a weird decision. No. Because, I mean, look at all these games out here that just stay in open beta. You just keep the game live. Mm -hmm. You just keep iterating on it. And then one day you're like, yeah, this is the full result. I mean, look at your Grounded. You look at your mm -hmm. Overwatch. You look at your uh, pub, pub, PUBG. Yeah, PUBG. Golly, mm -hmm. I could not say that. Um, frick, Warzone. Um, mm -hmm. Everything nowadays you just keep it up and you let people keep doing their thing and it's like it doesn't really matter if people kind of drop off on it for 
whatever reason, mm-hmm. like there's still people paying money, buying it. You just kind of keep going. Why in the world do you pull the entire thing for it's, a whole year? Uh-huh. Exactly. After you That's ask for money. Me. That's because here's like the worst part of all of all this. Like yeah. Yes, you can say open beta. We've seen many open betas that are limited time, and then they get <laughs> shut off. And uh, for example, Diablo right. recently. Oh, I didn't talk about Diablo. Oh yeah, Diablo was really great, by the way, people. That <laughs> I can't wait for that thing to come out on, uh, on, on whenever it comes out in June six. That was a limited beta. That's been shut off. You can't play it until the full game releases. What's the big difference? They didn't charge you money for skins, like the your equivalent of premium currency. To then shut the game off, like at, at a point where you're asking for money, do you have like no, like the, you, the expectation of your game at least staying online unless it's like you're finally killing it for like forever? When it's like oh yeah, no one's playing, so we're shutting the server stuff. That it's normal, but asking for that money and then being like no, we're gonna like uh, take it down and not wait an entire year to release it and not giving anyone like uh, any refunds. Expecting like they will have that thing online like at least for a good while Without like the game not being officially killed that it seems very disgusting and if they feel like they can take them Then they can do that for an entire year. They will come back Maybe like then everyone's gonna care. It's like I'm sorry. It's like Mm. You should have been if you were wanted to do like an open beta You should have launched an open beta and then take it down back there because you're like we're stress testing this is how it's gonna be like no they launched this like a fortnite this is like how yep. fortnite was like an early access for like freaking forever until they finally removed the the moniker because when you're asking uh, people uh to give you money you're basically out of beta and in early access that's what you are so i feel like they deserve all egg and and they're i tell you they're gonna come back especially when we heard that this game lost 99 percent of their player base like just recently like when we were having like all that live service talk and obviously yeah. that made sense because it was like they had not updated that game in forever like where were the new characters it's like you need to at least give a, a cadence of what your new characters are going to be or when to expect and kind of like what smash did yeah well you were not always getting characters but nintendo made sure to give you a time frame and no matter what they always hit their time frame in fact then they, they added even more afterwards that's how you kind of keep your player base active in this kind of game because you know that eventually something more is happening they were not doing that so them saying this and not pulling it off it's like almost wanting kind of like getting into that whole yeah the game's a failure shutting it off but not saying that and they're gonna try to relaunch it but the moment you ask for like that money it's over it's like you just burn goodwill uh because you're basically just scam people like yeah give us money to have all these characters now you won't be able to play this 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 for a year like why like you can totally leave the game online, like as it is, as you do Easily. your work. So this is WB we're talking about. Like oh, they yes. have the money. Absolutely, yeah. Especially they recently got all the money with Hogwarts Legacy. You can't tell me like with WB games that you don't have that to be able to like keep this on, uh, keep this on. So they just probably were like the egg of, yeah, like, talking about so much egg this way <laughs> this week. The egg of like losing ninety nine percent of your player base. That's like a headline that. That probably like hurt them like be like oh yes like there's that game that no one's playing that's probably why they did it but it's like who cares as soon as someone you give money like i hope no one else does this that they try to then pull the oh yeah it's open beta card even though we ask you for money for it it's like no as soon as you start asking for money the thing remains on unless you're like officially decommissioning which has happened so screw you that would be with that 
So, final story, Paul. I wanted to leave this one because it could, it can be like a double story for us because uh, we usually don't do like oh this is how it looked thing preview, but uh, this also uh, something that could be newsworthy and we can give our thoughts of this. The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom gameplay trailer shows off four of Link's new abilities. Story by Wesley LeBlanc from Game Informer and final story for today. Development on The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom is not complete, so it's when gold. It's coming, actually, in May 12th. Finally. The Legend of Series producer Eiji Onuma revealed this during, today, uh, to, during a Tears of the Kingdom gameplay showcase earlier this week. He then jumped directly into the game, showing off more than 10 minutes of new gameplay. Onuma begins this demonstration by showing how Link can get up to the Sky Islands floating above Hyrule. He uses the recoil power, which rewinds an object's movement, to reverse a fallen rock's descent. He's able to reach one of the floating sky islands using this new power. After fighting an enemy up, up here, we learn that weapon durability, a hotly debated feature of the Land of Zelda Breath of the Wild, is back. Indeed it is. But now, you can use Link's new fuse ability to create brand new weapons. Onuma showed us how to fuse a branch with a boulder to create a giant hammer, promising that you can do all sorts of things with this new ability. You can even fuse two weapons together, and fuse ingredients to arrows to create variations such as homing arrows or more. That was such a cool moment, though. Like seeing the runner when they put the eye and then the thing just curves. The homing arrow was really cool, I'll yeah. be honest. Okay. Onuma's discussion about fuse transitioned nicely into one of the new features in Tears of the Kingdom vehicle creation or something that appears to be called Ultra Hand. By the way, are you calling it Ultra <laughs> It's It's kind of weird. Um, but there's a part of it that kind of sounds really cool. I mean, it sounds like some mm -hmm. kind of weird 90s anime to VHS villain. Uh -huh. Yes, I am the Ultra Hand. Yeah. It just... It's, it's to me, it's considering the it. things, the shapes that you can, like, form in this thing, calling it Ultra Hand makes it even grosser. <laughs> uh, so... Yeah. Okay, back. I mean, you know, it's just going to happen the oh, second yeah. you give people creativity. Oh, yeah. It's like Looking when you get you to... Banjo-Kazooie. Yeah. <laughs> While creative players created all kinds of vehicles in Breath of the Wild, like vehicles, quote-unquote, it seems Tears of the Kingdom's Ultra Hand will help us all create new ways to get around Hyrule's planes, rivers, and more. In this instance, Onuma creates a boat to cross a body of water. Another new ability is Ascend. Basically, if there's a ceiling above Link, he can teleport through it to reach whatever lies on top. This can be used to instantly climb through mountains where there are caves, out of enclosures, and more. This, of course, is just a taste of what's to come in Tears of the Kingdom this May. So, Paul, in, uh, your uh, your unfiltered initial impressions of this 10-minute gameplay, go. Um, it started weak and ended strong because uh, I did not like the recall ability all that much. Um, it seemed like you were just sitting there waiting for things to happen. Mm -hmm. I just pictured, like, especially with this day and age, the level of what you're kind of needing to get from mm -hmm. one space to the next. We've talked about the whole fast travel thing and solid state drives and that mm -hmm. not being an issue anymore. This almost feels like a loading screen built yeah. into the game. <laughs> um, it is just literally a feature. But uh, jokes aside and mean uh, bad faith arguments aside, mm -hmm. um, it's kind of cool because you think about what needed to change in Hyrule for them to be able to do this. Really, there wasn't a lot that you could do, especially mm -hmm. since we knew it was taking place in the same Hyrule. Mm -hmm. What do you do? You rip up the ground, add stuff in the air, stuff below. It just gives you more verticality. So this is like a no-brainer. You yeah. need to some way to easily get up there. Mm -hmm. um, from there, 
Fuse, really interesting concept. I know I told you that I was a little not big on it because I really like a simple just hold your sword and go fight the evil. I don't want to deal with a stick and a rock. Mm-hmm. I don't want to deal with all that other stuff. But I then as I was thinking about it, I was like, there's probably some pretty cool stuff that I'm going to be able to do with the actual weapons, combining them and whatever. Um, and so it's like, it's cool. I like the creativity that it offers. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I got really interested because one of the things that I was really interested in the first trailer was the weird rolling car mm. and now with ultra hand being able to just build vehicles whatever you really want with whatever's um, in the I world see, with whatever's in the world i can see so much weird goofy nonsense going down with this um that i love it i love that there's like as long as they give you the resources all over the place like those fans the wheels whatever it is um, and then let me actually build it. It's not like, hey, you got to go to this very specific area and you can build the thing. But then also you think about it, you're not going to have a whole lot of opportunity. Um, and even if you do have opportunity, you're not going to have a lot of control over them mm-hmm. because they said, all right, well, there's like the two fans. Well, cool. What if you have one fan? What if you have the wheels, but you can't turn the vehicle? And it's like, there's only so much you can kind of do almost. Um, unless they really flesh that out and give that to you from the start. Cause as we know, they don't patch stuff in these games. Yeah. Lastly, Ascend, probably my favorite ability of this because of course this is the one bane of everybody's existence in <laughs> that Breath of the Wild was climbing to the top, <laughs> losing your stamina or you're climbing and it starts to rain. Mm. And like, you're just like, well, I'm trapped in here, this sucks. Mm. And now all you have to do is Theoretically, they're going to add a lot of caves so that you could just zip to the top of a free, uh, whatever mm-hmm. it is, mountain, ceiling. platform, anything. And as long as there is a ceiling, even stating uh, verbally that if you're in a cage, you can just zip out of it using this ability. It's like there's a lot of application for something like that. And it's like very quality of life to just let you get that ability to survey your area and then jump off and glide to the next zone that you want it's like you don't have to waste your time you know and you know what's the thing that interests me the most about all of that do you see how many hearts el numa had in this demo four starting so if you see that we're gonna get all of that from moment one huh yeah that is a good point um i mean i guess i kind of figured because just like in breath of the wild 2017 it was like um it was 2017 right not 18 2017 okay um that was like the big thing about breath of the wild was you could just have the everything uh was it freezing powers the stop the um shoot the the magnetic power the magnetic power the two bombs the square and circle bombs yeah and that was just like that was your starting point that was your tutorial and then it's like all right here's the world so i almost kind of expected it to an extent what i'm curious about that i'm looking at in these screenshots is look at the top left and you see there's like a hand like a like a a hand icon is that the new ability or is that something completely different that I'm not recognizing? Yeah, that's something new because that wasn't in uh, what you oh, call no, that's, it in, in that Breath is of the Wild. The, L, I the think L that's ability, just yeah. Ultra Hand, Fuse, mm-hmm. and Recall. I guess it's just that's selected. Yeah, I think um, it's gonna take the it, it's gonna take the place of. I wonder if all of the abilities that you could do in Breath of the Wild are gonna come back on top of all of these. 
Like, do you know how they have the oh, line? Oh, I definitely gonna, think so. Yeah, these are the ones that are going to be added to it. So. Mm -hmm. Now, what I'm noticing is the um, the hotkeys are different because up wasn't to eat, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, no. That was holding uh, up was pulling up your powers. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see like kind of what they're doing, what they're uh, nip really and tucking, what up. they're tweaking. Um, exactly. So. I'll say this with like the, with my reactions to like seeing this. So, getting it out of the way, it looks old. Mm -hmm. It's it definitely yeah. looks like Breath of the Wild, but that was. 2017 and there's maybe slightly better lining kind of how i was mentioning that uh, you looked at pokemon level uh pokemon arceus mm -hmm. and then you see uh, you just saw uh the same engine used in the um, in scarlet and violet and i was like oh there i see some more vibrancy to like what is still basically saying yeah, i think the same thing is happening here uh, so definitely it's like doesn't that doesn't look up to scrutiny visually like to what we get now with our modern hardware However, when they introduced the fuse mechanic to me, thinking of the way Breath of the Wild, like the crazy videos we always get of Breath of the Wild, of seeing people find the ways that the baked physics engine that's into the design has been like exploited by players in a way that is like one more thing. Oh, you're breaking the game. No, you're like, it's working as intended. Like the game is like designed to do that. Taking that concept into, into like a... Uh, the same size of open world plus more like plus more scale by having like all the biomes in the sky that's like seamless going back and forth like in a switch which is when you think about it, how old the hardware is that you're able to like see so much like available to you and that it was it's kind of unbelievable uh seeing that thinking of the ways that nintendo's leaning more into like they saw how people played breath of the wild like years after the fact and then they're like you know what you guys are very creative let us give us more tools for you to see the level of creativity you can have. It's like, I can already picture years down the line, like getting even more of what we were seeing for Breath of the Wild with this. And kind of like I was mentioning, I feel like with my epiphany towards like my thoughts of Elden Ring, how like enduring like influential design is the thing that stands the test of time. The big, like I've always said that to me, Breath of the Wild as a Zelda game is overrated. Like I, I have a, I love I love my dungeons. I love my like more direct stories and, and memorable soundtracks and all that. That I didn't think Breath of the Wild had, but I've always respected Breath of the Wild for the innovations it made for open worlds. And just like many have, it have taken the Breath of the Wild diegetic design into inspirations. I mentioned it in our last talk with Sebastian, like something like uh, Ghost of Tsushima, that definitely is still an, an Ubisoft style open world checklist game that its in-game design was inspired by Breath of the Wild. You following the wind, looking at like the things are designed. That's like things that Breath of the Wild popularized when other open worlds is like, just follow the question mark in the map. Uh, go, go, just clean the map just by the checklist and seeing how developers are in taking inspiration of that. Now I wonder if this game, like, if it works as intended, like, if everything that they're mentioned, that everything in the world that is usually very interactable, and Breath of the Wild was very interactable, and they take that level of interactive, uh, of interactive physics to a new level in a way that doesn't break, could this be then the next thing that developers pursue in open worlds? So obviously, we already saw the realization of Breath of the Wild's, like, open world design with Elden Ring. They took that and put it in, like, in a game that didn't have breakable weapons it was more fun to play to me personally but yeah but but but, but look at this academically and thinking man it's like yeah it may not be a looker but i feel nintendo like with all the long how long they've taken to do a sequel to this thing 
the entire generation all because remember they were wanted to do DLC and they were like you know what why do DLC let's just do a full game while was sticking while it was having some similarities to the old one kind of like God of War Ragnarok so yeah that that was like a lot of that game looks like the original one but then they added on top of it and to become a worthwhile sequel this may not look like like visually like a $70 game. I think someone could make the argument about that. I would feel much better if this was like the launch game for the new Switch, like with that price. Mm -hmm. But from a design perspective, it's just with like the fusion mechanics specifically. More like the recall to me is more uh, like, it's like, that's quality of life. Cool. Now I don't have to, you mentioned it's like, I'll get to go up and down the place much quicker. That's so much fun. I've got to be able to explore that world, like not feel like such a slog at times, but like, Here's Gecko Link going up. Hey, cat. <laughs> Here, the cat really wants to be part of this show. I love it. <laughs> yep. All uh, right, buddy. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Beater, let's see how long you can keep her or him. Raspberry? Him. Okay. He, he is a him. Okay. Uh, but he's he's a very cuddleable. He'll just chill here for a minute. Yeah. Hey, like he, anyway, he has a different base. Saying. So, yeah. So, yeah. I can't wait to see how uh, all of this works in practice. And if it does, like... That's gonna, I tell you again, Nintendo, like being the trail bracers. It's like we can set everything about them, but when it comes to game design, it's like, like it or not, like they love trail, like they love like setting the setting the way for how games are made. And I feel this could happen. And when I, well, I was like, I put this as my number nine in when we did most anticipating back in January, because to me, Zelda, Zelda, so like any new Zelda game, I'm still gonna play, regardless of how I feel. I mean, I even play Skyward Sword, and we know how I feel about it. Skyward Sword. This is still a franchise that, to me, the world stops when, when it launches. But I was ambivalent towards this, other than just being a new Zelda game. To now, like, oh man, I can't wait to see what kind of creative things it allows me to do, and I can't wait to see what the internet does with this creativity. Now it's like yeah. I get the excitement for this game. Like I get it now. Like it's, it's a different method of solving the problem that Elden Ring created because now it's not going to be a case of well, what did they do new? It's now, oh my goodness, we have hundreds of different materials, weapons, things in the environment, transportation things, and now there's going to be just millions of videos, articles. What's the best combination? What's the secret awesome material that you're going to find? What's that one thing that you just didn't see coming? And of course, in like the next five years, there's still going to be people finding a different combination to something yeah. that you just never expected. It becomes a game of endless possibilities. And yeah. that's like such an exciting idea. Like something that you put the game, like you play it, you put it back, and then you see a weird video of like someone there, you were like, what? Can I do that? And then you and then you yeah. put it back in. It's like I tell you, that's gonna that's what's gonna happen. That's the most exciting thing about this. Good on them for seeing that process ahead of time. Clearly planning the entire game around this mm -hmm. all the way forever ago, and somehow sidestepping the whole issue in one fell swoop. Because now it's not going to be that. Oh my gosh, the durability is still there. The uh -huh. Elden Ring did this better. It's going to be everything like we just said. It's like. Now they you can make weapons of yeah, you can make a weapons of everything, and they and they like yeah. last more. So it's like now it's like mm -hmm. the weapon durability thing is like instead of just being the fragility of like four hits, okay, it's broken. Uh, now it's mm -hmm. like no, like stick it with a rocket can last you more. Oh, what if you like stick these two things together, make like a super large pole, or and then the thing with the with the uh, bow and arrow, like oh yeah, you, you have do you not have wicked aim? Put this specific like element that makes it like a homing thing and what else can you like it, it definitely looks like everything is game 
with like the different combinations of things you can get from this. And I just can't wait to see how, other than how I do it, because that's the thing, like, God damn it, my dog, she, she loves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Gotta love her. But now I can't wait to see like how everything works because Nintendo is very yeah. intentional about how it does this. And May can't come soon enough. It's like, thank you, Nintendo. Like, I'll, I'll give Nintendo this. Like, they got me out of my apathy. They got me out of my ambivalence of just like another sequel to this game that everyone calls the greatest game ever. And I don't agree with that. Yeah. Now I see this as like, you know what, Nintendo's like, now it's like, I know what this is. I want to see how you evolve this. And that excites me. That that that, mm. that finally excites me and can't wait to see like how it like because we know this game like this is the one game that I'm not gonna be eagerly looking for because we know how it's gonna score we already know like people are in the tank yeah. it's more like it's more like I want to see like how the world reacts to this and how they like manipulate it that's the thing that makes me more excited not from a critical sense because I just know what it is and I know how people will feel about it just like they feel with the other one but. I'm glad that I can move on from like that snarky like feeling of like yeah I know it's like sure whatever I mean it's like obviously the seventy dollar conversation will be the one one that will be hotly debated forever yeah uh, just like on looks yeah. but I, I tell you it's like if you're one that is like about how much money you can, like how much you can extract out of a game it justifies it <laughs> from that angle for people from that care that about that so. I, I, I'm not happy about it, but well, under my own rules, <laughs> I have to accept it. Yeah, but that's um, the thing. Like, just imagine like how infinitely replayable this can be now with all the different combinations you can get out of the. It's like oh, yeah. that seems cheap. <laughs> so what you can get out of it, who, yeah. boy oh boy. And the true reality is, Paul is like, and I, and I mentioned this, like, and I have to say it publicly, is like, I don't care how pretty. A game is or how great a story is those are things that are easily improved by a sequel and things get dated because of that design like intentional design is what stands the test of time and i feel nintendo yes. is like building nintendo's like really focusing on it because they know they can't compete visually they can't it's like look this next to something like horizon forbidden west that game is infinitely prettier but their game their the design of that game way less interesting with with just the idea of like a very malleable open world like this, so yeah, that's a, that's why I don't like I don't buy into that uh, into the idea that uh, you can only define like a game's price by how pretty it looks and like the bells and whistles and things like that. I feel like uh, you have to take in co into consideration like an intent of the game, and definitely Nintendo's playing to their strength. Their strength is design. And let's like to come full circle. You look at something like Resident Evil 4 and why 2005's version still looks so good is mm -hmm. because while it used realistic elements, it just like you said, the mm -hmm. style was so specific and focused that despite the tech jump of mm -hmm. almost 20 years now, uh -huh. it still holds up. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's like all you do is you iterate on that style to continue the process and like yeah it looks prettier now on mm -hmm. remake but it's like yeah. just like you said it's the same it's thing. design <laughs> yeah and, and and in resident evil is not just visual design but just like the game design is like so many of those tenets were brought into the resident evil remake like that that yeah. is that that was like baked way back then that's what made it revolutionary that's like what they brought like intact and modernized here it's like there's so there's so such importance uh, into design. Like Elden Ring will stand the test of time, not visually or in story, but it's design. Like 
absolutely it, and design is like the the, the key core po uh, uh, like component of a video game everything else is just embellishments it's like mm. like because i see like i love i love horizon i love god of war like those games speak to me like in a specific thing but i most can can recognize that those games like they can easily be overtaken by everyone doing what they already do better because technology goes like this kind of design is like more intentional and with right. that and with that intention uh it's 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 taking me a while to like recognize like how much the importance of, of that's why I say like not my favorite seller but I respect Breath of the Wild because now yes. I see because I see like the importance and goddamn I think my dog is like really pushing <laughs> me to just <laughs> to wrap it up a good thing we're at the end but I tell you, it's like it's like I'm glad that I'm excited like I legit excited just beyond just being another Zelda again yes. Zelda will always be Zelda for me I'm, I'm getting I'm uh, once I'm done with Resident Evil 4 and a replay of Bioshock Infinite that I kind of mentioned to you. And yeah, seeing it, it, yeah, I'm yeah, excited and, for that. Yeah, and seeing if uh, I finish Hogwarts Legacy in this gap I have until Jedi Survivor, I want to see if I can finish the other old Zeldas. Like get back into that mood before we get into before we get into this one. And those games are so different. It's like that. It's not like you can get burnt out of one. They're yeah. one to the next is a completely different game, almost from a different series, just sharing similar names. Sometimes. Exactly. Exactly. So that's why I'm not I'm not worried about like a potential burnout. Yeah. So I can't wait, and I'm just glad because that's the thing. Like I had hated how much like that my ambivalence towards Breath of the Wild was like getting shaded by the goat talks and all of that, and me thinking it's it's really good, but it's like greatest game of all time. No, like I could like nitpick enough of it to be like this is greatest like... most accept accessible game of all time. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> or greatest because most it's just creative, so many like, more yeah. people played it. Oh yeah, um, just per capita almost. Yeah, yeah. And not, and not um, only that, but in the, in the greatest, most like creative, like explorative game of all time that doesn't break. Maybe that yeah. greatest game ever made. That's kind of like what was it was jading me about it with how long we were waiting for that. But now seeing this, I'm like, ooh, oh yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait to what they teach. But what can developers learn from this? Like, I with, like the idea of what they said where this game was done in 2019 and they just had all this time that they needed to yeah. go through every combination of things to see what would happen and clean it and that's the thing with nintendo's like clean. Yeah. uh other than uh the pokemon uh, scarlet and violet which like was breaking catastrophically like in the, the glitches and all that but also, that was also a game made in less than a year like at least main nintendo is known for like we're talking with naughty Dogs. there's some developers you know are known for their prestige quality control of like making sure and that's the greatest achievement of a game of the size of breath of the wild on a switch like the only technical blemish was its frame rate and resolution but the game was functional like in when people were trying to break it it's 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 an impressive feat of design to like be able to design that because yeah. how much how often do you break games paul like all the time like it's very easy to Constantly. get it yeah, it's a to the point that sometimes a question if your console is like about to die or something that oh, I think I'm just good like that. That's <laughs> so about Nintendo knows that kind of quality. It's like I want to see how that ethos like if, if they can maintain that ethos when, when now like physics are going to be more manipulated than they were before. That's what makes me like more curious and excited about about the new one because now I know they're just not doing oh yeah it's just more Breath of the Wild. Now we know it's like no we're adding more stuff to this. Like, we're playing on what we had there. We're adding stuff. So, can't wait for oh, May, yeah. May 12th. It's coming soon. Month and can't a week. Wait. So, I hope I finish uh, Jedi Survivor on time. 
I don't know how much longer it is. Uh, preview. Uh, there's going to be a preview cycle for uh, Survivor, like, next week. I saw many people were like, thank you, Respawn, for inviting me to play Jedi Survivor. So we're going to hear more impressions about it uh, soon. Oh, boy. So, I just hope it's not a massive game. I hope that it's, like, a meaty enough game. Like, Jedi, Jedi Fallen Order was fairly decent in its length. It wasn't, like, too long. It was right. If it was, like, let's see if, like, it goes longer with Survivor. But because I'm reviewing that. I just hope it doesn't take me too long and this comes in. Because I will definitely want, want, want to jump into this. That's how close it is. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen to me, honestly, whenever... I keep wanting to say Breath of the Wild too. Um, Seers of the Kingdom comes out. If I'm not done with Jedi Survivor, I, it depends on how Jedi Survivor's been treating me, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, but we'll see. Shoot. I'd be very shocked, Paul, if we don't love Jedi Survivor. I would be shocked to my core if we yeah. don't, because kind of like I've been mentioning, it's like they had such a strong core in such a flawed first game. That's been cleaned up yeah. over time with the new versions and all that. That that core, that strong core, should only go up. Like now that they have money, time, and care. Like That's every time that I, every time that I look at that game, it's like this looks like what I remember it looking. And then I go back to Jedi Fallen Order. It's like no, it's like the Survivor looks like a legit improvement. Like it looks like mm -hmm. that. That it, I'm just so glad that they proved their worth. And pro I'm glad that EA saw the worth and that they're like, now we're giving you the budget we gave to Battlefront. Because they didn't give them the budget for this one. It was like, yeah, just do it. Just have it there. Yeah, you wanted a single player. Yeah, we're going to give all the money for them to fix Battlefront. And they were like, no, Jedi Fallen Order, beer, beer seller. So, and can't wait. And can't wait for it to be a licensed game so then I can have a new bar of like what I think is like in production quality, great licensed game. <laughs> because currently, yeah, currently as of right now, it's Hogwarts outside of just the game. For production value, exactly. I guess. I, that's a whole thing in discussion that I feel like I want to revisit properly one day, but I yeah. guess we'll see. <laughs> no, well, that's the thing. I can easily see other things, like, overtaken. I'm still very impressed that that game and its first try came out looking like that, even though I know it's buggy. Like, so you've seen your clips. I've seen other clips. But it's, yeah. like, for a first attempt, like, it's still, it's, still, yeah. it's still worth the praise, even though, like, other games have been better than Hogwarts this year. I can totally say that, like... And that's objective fact, but, but yeah, it, enough of that, Paul. That's the end of the news. Let's read what's coming for April now. Like, we're so close to April. Yeah. April Fool's so is the Saturday, Paul. <laughs> April Fool's is the Saturday. So. Oh, Lord. So, yeah, this is the releases from March 26th to April 1st, No, no, no. Sorry, sorry. It's April 2nd. It's that, April 3rd. Yes, April, April 2nd. 3rd. Yeah. 3rd. It, yeah. April. Starting with 4th, really. Yes. But, yeah. <laughs> Uh, third to the what, ninth, uh, to the ninth yeah. yeah, I I can't math anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, third to the ninth, April third to the ninth, twenty twenty three. So, Creed Rise to Glory Championship Edition, PlayStation VR two on April fourth. Grim Grimoire once more on PlayStation five, PlayStation four, and Switch on April fourth. Hogwarts Legacy's last-gen versions on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One on and, April 4th. Yeah, and I can't wait to see how they look. I bet you those things I'm are going to be hideous. I tell you already. I know they're going to be hideous. <laughs> so. Then um, Meet Your Maker on PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and S, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, PC on April 4th. This game is going to be on PlayStation Plus Essentials uh, for April. Mm -hmm. uh, Road 96... 
Uh, Mile Zero. Sorry, I couldn't read for a second. <laughs> PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and S. PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC on April 4th. Matora Lost Haven on Switch for April 6th. Curse of the Sea Rats, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and S, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC on April 6th. Everspace 2 on PC on April 6th. Is this supposed to eventually get a console I, release? I would, I would assume, but who knows? Like, you yeah. never know with these things. Uh, Paparazzi on Switch for April 6th. And lastly, EA Sports PGA Tour on PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and S, and PC on April 7th. And nothing weak for me. There's nothing here of like no. interest. Me or Maker. I'm it's definitely gonna download it and play it whenever it. Uh, I finally get internet. Mm -hmm. um, oh yes. And and, and one game that I've I heard. Like... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What are you saying? <laughs> oh, I was saying. And uh, if I had VR, I've heard really good things about the Creed game. Um, oh, yeah. I don't know if that's the same one or if they made a series of that. But yeah, I've seen people play it and it looks fun. Yeah, um, uh, but anyway, yeah, we didn't. Oh, say? yeah, we were. We didn't talk about VR two. That the, it's apparently its sales are catastrophic. Ooh, yeah, yeah they're so, not doing well. Uh, last but, news segment of the day. Uh, oh, yeah, but it's like because um, we we barely talk about VR, but that's like the it's biggest. It's what we expected. I think yeah. we called our shot like yeah. six months ago. Hashtag no shit is like what I say because it's like a five hundred fifty dollar VR unit on top of like an already expensive uh, console in a recession the economy is like of course it was not gonna do well especially when they when they launched it I mean, so it was a good attempt because they were bringing out almost 50 games for it day one but mm -hmm. it makes sense i mean it's more expensive than a ps5 and yeah. it's less accessible for so many things it's just not gonna work out yeah. like that. and also sony's history of like abandoning things that are not like the main console and that's kind of like my especially if if it's gonna be not selling well I'm just scared that right now they're like, because we saw it in the last state of play. There was a section, albeit quick, of then showing VR games because it's like they they kind of have to sell this thing, but then you're kind of like in the back of your mind, you're like, I have a PlayStation 5. Could you just focus more on like the main thing for us that I don't want to spend the money on that? So that's always going to be the uh, the Achilles heel, if, especially if, they're, if they don't like drop the, the price of this real quick. That kind of like what that report that uh, they didn't put said that it was like apparently like the only way to salvage it is to like slash the price like effective immediately to try to like save it and that's like hey it's like sony was like they decided to invest continue investing this so it's like you win or you lose the original psbr yep. sold modestly well but in this economy where we're just getting ps5s now that you can see and like i've seen like pictures of ps5s around best buys and walmart's like finally yep. sitting on shelves like that's insane the thing that's been my, three years <laughs> my brother is so out of touch that he was still talking as if the ps5 wasn't available and i like pulled it up on his phone i said yeah so this one's like 20 minutes away from you they say they have ps5s in stock stop <laughs> complaining i know so exactly. it's like it's just for some reason people don't realize that they're in and they're here and they're available yeah and but they're selling a lot that's the thing like uh but we, when we get numbers for this quarter apparently playstation will have had the greatest january february march of their history that's how much i demand like there was for that console and then they were able to like supply it and of course Hogwarts yep. legacy came out there they had the marketing and, yeah the the fact that we had a banner january and a decent release in february and a decent release in march so far mm -hmm. that definitely motivates that oh yeah and especially like because it's such a genius move for sony part to, to like even though it's a multi-platform game them aligning with hogwarts like they did 
like like really tapping into that like pent up Harry Potter. We want a game, whatever it is, and Absolutely. the sales they had. So genius on their part. And again, it's like makes me it's kind of bitter that they're getting this much success because we know how we talk about Sony sometimes. Like that's something you, you feel like they need a kick to the teeth to feel like they need to like treat us better as consumers, but. Still, like, had that hope for that alleged May June showcase that is said to be happening. But how many times has that also been a constant in our show, Paul? As we reach 100 episodes in like a month, <laughs> when is Sony gonna say stuff? <laughs> it's so funny. It's like this week, this week's episode feels like a a good like summation of our show so far. <laughs> yeah. As we're so close to episode 100, I can't wait to see like what breaks for episode 100. Episode yeah. 50 was the uh, Square Enix sale of Tomb Raider, uh, Ida's Montreal, and all of that, like, for our 50th episode. So that aligned perfectly. So we'll see for episode 100, which is five weeks away from now. So until that happens, Paul, where can people find you? As always, y'all can find me at Dork of Art on Twitter and Dork of Art on YouTube whenever I actually upload things. Where can they find you, Alejandro? They can find me on Twitter at A underscore Drosegobia, uh, where I'm retweeting many funny things about, like, the... Uh, about like some some weird things happening with law or Disney things that I was, we we're talking about Ooh, today. That's uh, a whole other segment. Yeah, uh, at Alejandro Segovia ninety three on Instagram and my written content currently at seasongaming.com. Future pending for Critical Corner eventually. So, Paul, good to always good to we're finally like get like getting back into the swing of when we can record now that you're fully settled where you are. Hopefully your internet situation will be fixed in five weeks from now. <laughs> You have found an amazing workaround for game playing, which is so funny. But it's like you got to do what you got to do. But everything will remain True. smooth eventually. But tell everyone else, like, enjoy the rest of your weekend, people. Uh, be uh, Beware for fake headlines this Saturday because of April Fool's. Uh, and stay healthy, stay safe. And remember, press X to play. Good night, everybody. Hasta la vista, baby.